Hello, Internet, and welcome once again to the Always Online Multiplayer Gaming Podcast brought to you by MMOBomb.com, your home for all things multiplayer. Which was out longer, Let It Die, Deathverse, or Crucible? When is a beta not a beta? <laughs> when is, I guess when a cash shop is installed. We're going to talk about that today, actually. We've got a ton of great news. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man. We've got chat live with us here on twitch.tv slash MMOBomb every Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern, doing the show live. If you're watching it after the fact on YouTube or listening over on iTunes, Spotify, any of those things, thank you so much. We appreciate it. While you're there, give it a thumbs up, a like, a subscribe, turn on notifications. But most importantly, on YouTube or on MMOBomb.com proper, that's the one that makes the money. That's the one that pays the bills. So head on over uh, and put your weekly bombs question of the week comments in there. It's an important part of the show. Couldn't do it without you. In fact, I won't. If you don't do it, I ain't doing it. I'll just strike it from the show. We got a lot of what the hell news to go through, a little bit of an update on the Blizzard front, and a ton of other fun stuff to talk about. Joining me to do all of that, Ms. Quintlin Bowers. What's up, Q? Oh my God, today is a busy, busy day with the the streams and shit. I did the, the XIV live yeah. letter earlier. I've got to do the Genshin Impact one, which snuck up on me somehow. I don't know how, but it did, but I have to do that afterwards. Super excited, though, about a lot of the stuff that they've already, you know, teasy revealed in the XIV letter. Yeah, we had the, the live letter. We won't be talking too much about it on this show today. Uh, but yeah, there was some neat stuff in there. 6.4 late May and blue mages getting some love. And we're one step closer to closer to islands becoming actual housing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Content wise though, I, I felt the live letter was a little lacking. I'm going to say like the criterion oh, dungeon, sure. that is not till six, four, five. The relic is until six, four, five. That one we kind of expected, right? It will, that's the usual thing. It's yeah. a, kind of a midway thing. But not the getting criterion the Cryon Dungeon the was weird. Five. The Criterion was on the uh was on the um point six point four five. Yeah. No, but the previous one, the Sildan, was also on the point five. Yeah, uh, I guess you're right. As well. It was. So because I got into an argument with somebody about it thinking that it was, you know, like going to be on the major patch thing. And they're like, no, it was part of the point five. And I was like, wait. Lynn in chat. Hello, how are you? We're we're doing good. Hope you are too. Also joining us to talk about all kinds of stuff. The noob fridge, Mr. Troy Blackburn. What's up, sir? I'm just glad your camera isn't inducing seizures this week. <laughs> yeah, I did two. <laughs> like I didn't even see it flickering, but I did two full restarts just in case. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna restart. When it came back up and the camera looked good, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna restart again just in case. <laughs> so, yeah, Y'all remember when Gary used to kind of induce seizures by wearing those striped shirts that would Yes, moved. yeah, black and white <laughs> stripes or like uh, blue and white stripes, yeah. It was always the blue and white, I'm pretty sure, but yeah. he would move slightly and everything would just be like... <laughs> like you, you look like a magic eye puzzle. Is there a sailboat in there if I stare at Gary long enough? It's like Freddy Krueger, right? I'm a big horror fan. You know why his sweater's red and green? No? I'm going to take no. that as a no. You don't know? It literally was done on purpose. Wes Craven saw a study that the human eye has a problem seeing red and green next to each other. And so he was like, fuck it. I'm going to make his sweater red and green then. So he, Wes Craven purposely was trying to screw with your eyes with that sweater. Anyway, there's your trivia for the day. Let's get started with the news. Bet you didn't know you were going to come to the multiplayer gaming podcast and walk away with Nightmare on Elm Street trivia. Bet you didn't know. But see, that's the that's why you got to join us live, too. You should see the pre-show if you think that was off the cuff. All right, so let's start with a section of news that I just like to call, what the hell? What the hell? So we brought this to the show the week it happened. I think it was last week uh, where Ubisoft decided, you know what? We ain't going to E3. Despite having previously said, oh, we're totally going to E3 if it happens, which prompted the ESA a day or two later to release a statement saying, what the hell? Our event is still happening. <laughs> Why'd you say Why are people saying if it happens? And so we expected to see Ubisoft there. 
Well, then they decided, you know what? We're going to go to Los Angeles. We're going to do a digital event, but we're not going to do it at E3, which is actually what a lot of other big companies, we already knew the big three weren't going to be there. Nintendo just has been doing its own thing for years anyway. Sony and Microsoft had decided they weren't going to do it. Microsoft doing its own thing uh, virtually at the same time. And then now Ubisoft deciding to do theirs. And then this week, we found out that Sega and Tencent weren't going. And Q, I think that kind of started dawning the, you know, spawning the question for everybody, who is going? <laughs> like, who? So, I mean, there there is a list of, like, panelists. Yeah. Like, that. that's what I'd seen, right? Because I honestly, like, hadn't even seen that Tencent had said they would go or anything and then pulled out or anything. The only people I saw listed other than Ubisoft was, like, panelists, like a... Uh, uh, you know, a uh, black community and gaming kind of panel thing and, and stuff like that. Um, typically, while interesting to industry people, not the stuff that a lot of gamers think about wanting to see E3 for, right? They want the big reveals and, and just right. stuff like that. But I do like... <sighs> This is one of those things where it's kind of funny to me that it's under your what the hell banner because this was all shit that I was like, this was going to happen anyway. <laughs> like, well, I'm going to tell like, you. Ether, I wasn't expecting E3 to because they tried last year, remember? Yep. They tried last year. They tried to and just do a digital thing. Right. And they couldn't even pull off a digital thing. Yeah. And this so. was supposed to be, Troy, a mix of live and digital uh this year and with with what they had done previously like two days that was exclusively press or industry people and then the gamer days the the two days after that and i'm just here to tell you troy i'm sitting pretty baby i got my media pass so mmo bomb will be at e3 we will cover the entire thing top to bottom i got my oh wait wait what's this what is Oh, e E3 itself is now canceled. Oh. Oh, well, this is a cool email. Hi, Mike. Thank you for applying to attend E3 2023. We're writing to let you know that E3 2023 will not be taking place as scheduled. The ESA and ReadPop recognize you may have made plans around the event. Thank you for your support, and we apologize for any inconvenience. <laughs> Please My favorite thing around that is them going... You might have made some plans, but not them going, and we're going to reimburse you for it or anything no. like that. Just we understand you, you may might have booked plans. flight, hotel, <laughs> rental cars, but uh, thanks for the support, uh, and we apologize <laughs> for the inconvenience. Please keep an eye on uh, e3expo.com for any further updates to E3 Best, the E3 registration team. At the time those emails were sent out, by the way, I didn't even go to the site, but Q, who was writing up the article, was like, you do realize that there is nothing on that site about this being canceled yet, right? <laughs> like, you got an email and, and there wasn't. it's being canceled. This is super embarrassing, right? Uh, Troy, I think Q's right. I think there was always this kind of everybody had this thought in the back of their head, is this event actually going to fire when it was announced? So I don't think it's like shocking or surprising that it's not, but this is, I feel like this is embarrassing egg on the face, right? It is absolutely embarrassing egg on the face. Um, I think like you said, though, most of us kind of saw this coming, even as they kept saying, yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. More and more people were like, we're not going, we're not going. And even if it would have happened, what kind of shell of a production would they have put on there for for who was going to go? Because like you said, you know, at that, at that point, you quit asking who's not going and start asking who's going. What were they going to produce? What were they going to show? What was going to be the big reveals that, that really shocked and awed everybody? And it was going to be a shell of itself. And at the end of the day, not overly surprising, but uh, utterly embarrassing. Yeah, and, and uh, Justin in chat saying, maybe embarrassing, but not like there's any face to save now. It's simply done. See, I think they had a little bit of, obviously, they were in a rough spot, Q, but I think there is, or at least was, a little bit of face that they needed to save here because they went into this saying, we're revamping this. It's going to be totally different. It needs to be totally different. We've pulled in Reed Pop, who does, you know, packs and other events, to help us make it different, to 
cater to the crowd today. So there was that face they were putting out there. We hear you. We're revamping. We're bringing new people in that do other things, successful uh, things. Although PAX East was kind of boring as hell this year, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so there, there is that face to save. And, and then all of a sudden have to turn around and say, oh, yeah, we're not doing it anymore. We're canceling it two months uh, ahead of the event. Press passes have already been assigned. People may, yeah, tough nuggets. We're done. Is this the end? Is is E3 just no longer a thing anymore? Because so if I, you go into future years trying to say, hey, we're going to revamp the show, now the face to save that I was just talking about, it becomes, we've heard that before too, and you canceled. So here's the thing about E3. Right. E3, like people, gamers particularly are like, oh, E3, this big gaming summer event, blah, blah, blah. But that's there's a lot of E3. nostalgia there. But that's not what E3 started out as. No. Right. It, you you could, as a gamer, you couldn't get into E3. It wasn't a, for you. If you weren't industry, you could not get in, period. And and it wasn't just video games either, right? It was televisions and radios and anything that fit under the electronic entertainment. That was where you went to show other industry people your stuff. It was it's it was kind of like the the, the games conference, right? Where yeah, it was a little go, more focused than the uh, consumer electronics show, right? Which right, is just but, anything but electronic. But it's kind of it was it was very much. You going and meeting with other people in your industry, showing off your stuff, finding backers, all of that jazz. And then they slowly over time opened it up a little bit more. Of course, you know, they let press in and press was reporting on it all the time and people would get their big announcements and stuff from that. But E3 and the function that people think of it now, and especially people who weren't, say, you know, really you know, aware in the 90s when it's when it started, um, it, it's they, they tend to think of it more as a gamer convention kind of thing, which it's still really not intended to be. And I think this is where they screwed up. They took something that was potentially fine and tried to open it up and make it more like PAX or you know, any of these other things that already exist for gamers to go to, to, to actually interact with the games community and get their dues. And then of course you have what I personally think is the even better thing on these conventions. And it's the companies who actually just do their own catering to their own games, their own community. Right. And it's, it's smaller, but it's focused and it's, and, and, and E3 is never going to be any of that but now these larger game companies are looking at stuff going you know what xbox has a fan base we can just do stuff ourselves that caters directly to them and not have to compete with anybody else on the floor not have it be this thing of ooh, who did the better showing was it sony or microsoft like not have to deal with any of that stuff just do our own show right. for our own people and be good. And there, I don't think there is any way that E3 can recover for that. And they're like, oh, we're teaming with Reed Pop, who did PAX. Okay, but PAX already exists. Yeah. Yeah. In multiple cool. formats, PAX already exists. So why are you trying to turn E3 into PAX? You should have just looked at this stuff, looked at what's going on around you, and went, you know what? We either need to cancel it or take it back to what it was, which was an industry specific way for people to get together in the industry and show each other their stuff and then just let the press. Yeah, know, I mean, it just never, to that whole point, Troy, it just never evolved, right? Like, uh, to Q's point, back in the day, you had to be at E3 because you wanted KB Toys executives to be at the show and see your new exciting thing and make a deal to carry it. We don't live in that world anymore, right? You, you don't need mm. to see somebody at an event you can send an entire press package to potential retailers. It was never geared towards the individual consumer itself. It was business-to-business -business relations. Then when it starts opening up to consumers, it's a nice way to celebrate gaming as a whole, sure, of course, but make big announcements in one place in an era, in an era where... You know, it wasn't as easy to do a podcast with the three of us on camera sitting here talking and streaming it to people live. Uh, the the internet was in its uh, infancy at that time, and it E3 tried to just maintain the same thing. Jeff Keighley wasted no time, Troy, jumping on this one. 
no time. <laughs> Within yeah. like an hour yeah, of the news breaking, his tweet, here's 15-year-old, post a picture, here's 15-year-old me at the first ever E3 in 1995. E3 meant so much to me and to so many of you. Four years ago, I realized that E3 wasn't evolving as it needed to compete in a global digital world. So we started building what's next. See you at Summer Games Fest June 8th. <laughs> Say what you will about Summer Game Fest, you know, whatever. He's not wrong. No, he's not, he's not wrong at all. Uh, E3 failed to evolve with the times and realize that, you know, you're, 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 uh, you're an industry convention, you're a fan convention, you don't know what you really are anymore. Uh, meetings can take place face-to-face -face any day of the week from anywhere across the world now. So E3 kind of lost its spot, and, and other people have stepped in to take that place. Does it get any spot in the future, do you think? Whether it's it's never going to be what it was, we already know that. It can't be what it was. It, it's failed trying to be what it once was. But is there any chance that the name E3 gets rebranded into some type of different show, different convention. Maybe it isn't the be-all, end-all announcements, world premieres thing. Game Awards, as Flynn says in chat, has a lot of that locked up. It, maybe it turns into a, a celebration of gaming in, in some way, shape, or form. Or is this the end? Because this was embarrassing. This, like it or not, this was, we're coming back. We're going to be different. Oh, shit, we're canceled. Is there any coming is, back from this, or is this just we don't see any word from E3 anymore? I think this becomes the end of it. Um, uh, we we, we talked he, about it a few ESA months ago. The says they want to do something, but they haven't specified whether it would be an E3 next oh, year. Oh, I'm sure they want to do something. They wanted to do something this year, and we see how that turned out. <laughs> yeah. I think, honestly, with the ESA being the ESA, we will see more attempts for them to 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 revive it put it on live supports something right because they're so i don't know that emotionally is the right word but they're 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 invested in this idea of this thing that was at one time really great yeah. and is now really dead and people us like people right press people gamers everybody else are looking at it going we don't really need this. And most importantly, the game developers and the console makers and all of the people that provide the content for E3 are looking at it going, we really don't need this. Yeah, I mean, it's sad. Hey, is there any like collector's value to a press pass to an event that didn't happen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering, like... Maybe there's a maybe there's a collector's market for that. Here's a press pass to E3 2023. Wasn't that canceled? Yup. It sure was. <laughs> it sure enough was. Never, never used. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, NRFB. Never removed from the box. <laughs> All right, that's enough. We'll see. I mean, the ESA keeps saying. You know, we we want a convention of some type. We think there there's a need for that. Okay, there isn't. There is not okay. a need. Well, then you have to figure out the angle because summer game shows got you beat. The game awards got you beat on the place to be for premieres and world first trailers. Like all the stuff you used to do is elsewhere now. So what's your new angle? Prove that you the that, that uh, there's a that new angle. Needed. Yeah. Prove that exactly. I mean, it's cruel, but yeah, prove that it, the show is needed if you think it is. Moving on, Multiverses, the brawler from Warner Brothers that was incredibly well received at launch, incredibly well received. Uh, let's let's take a look actually, because those were some big numbers on the Steam charts there. Yeah, July 22, uh, 2022, players. Average Steam charts, multi-platform. This is Steam charts. August forty-one thousand, and then just basically died. September eight thousand, October three thousand, November one thousand, December one thousand, and then in January through now we've been in triple-digit players. They didn't exactly help their cause this week, Troy. What the hell is going on with multiverse? Multiverse. Well, sorry. Well, they de they've decided that they're going to close down their open beta at the end of April, and they're going to keep it closed until official launch sometime beginning January 2024. 
this with a, like you said, a current player count in the triple digits, 800 and something, I believe. Yeah, 817 when I wrote the article, what's how many was playing the game. So, well, wait, I mean, it's normal for a game to actually come out of open beta at some point, right? Like, that that makes sense to me, but they're doing, what, a full shutdown in June and then see a early 2024. Hasn't this game sold, like, multiple battle passes and seasons and shit? Yeah, they have a cash shop. They are they were coming up. They were going to be coming up on what they called season three, uh, even though that's now canceled. It's not happening now. But yeah, multiple seasons of content, cash shop, selling items, uh, all that. Everything that you would think of as a full launch. Uh, one of those launches, one of those high res moments where they're hiding under the open beta tag. Uh, but a, essentially a full launch game. They're taking money. They're pr producing content. Uh, the content had been lacking, uh, apparently. The season two was very disappointing for players. Uh, only one playable character, not a lot else going on in the content. And now they're just pulling the plug, making it go away for a number of months, and saying, they, they say, they reiterated, that we will be back at the beginning of 2024, but when, when you're pulling the plug on a game that's uh, already flowing with money, already taking money from players, I have to question. There were like you know, $100 kind of founders packs for that, right? I'm sure they're giving refunds, though, right? Well, I mean, that, that, would be the, that would be the ethical thing to do. You, you, you're going to you're gonna get to keep your stuff whenever they launch back in full launch at the beginning of early 2024. Oh. Oh. I'm sure that's going over like a lead balloon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure people absolutely love that. Let's go take a look at some of the full conversations on Twitter here in response to that. Uh, Q. Ah, Twitter content. Feels weird when people actively spent money on the game. Can I get a refund for the $100 founders pack in that case? Uh, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't open beta, brah. Next time, don't launch the game without ranked mode. <laughs> Excited to see what changes y'all bring in 2024. Big fan of this title. Okay, somebody optimistic, Q. I mean, I, this game ain't coming back, is it? Like, it's done. <laughs> I mean, so it, it is Warner. They've they've got money to spend if they want to to try over again. <laughs> like <laughs> it could, but man, I, with those numbers you quoted, I I don't know unless they do like some crazy ass massive marketing campaign ahead of it. Yeah, I mean they're uh, looking at like roughly a seven to eight ish month. Let's see, because they say early twenty twenty four. So let's give them January and February as a launch window. That's like a seven to eight month shutdown for a game that has triple digit players that has just fallen off, and now you're pissing off a large portion of those triple digit players. You know, the ones that are actually still playing the game six months, seven months after launch. What possible incentive did they have to come back? And by they the think way, they're going to get those launch numbers over again. There's no way. No way. No. They're not. You know, though, there there have been stranger things. Hap or it's, it's not like there haven't been other companies that have done this. We're shutting down. Okay, we're opening back up in six months. <laughs> like, they try. I wouldn't say that they wouldn't come back. I would say that, that it's very likely that it won't be successful. <sighs> what an... When is an open beta not an open beta? Like, I, oh my God. Yeah, exactly, chat. When has relaunching a game ever made a come, a relaunched game ever made a comeback after closing for a year? Let's set 14 aside, right? That's kind of, that is the known anomaly in this type of situation. But it didn't really close for a year, did it? They, they kept it open it, it, and let there, everybody play for free. Yeah, but then it did close for a number of months leading into a Realm Reborn. So it did technically close and then reopen. It wasn't a full year later, though, to your point. Uh, it so also had it also had something that all these other games don't have. It had the hype behind a very specific yeah. <laughs> individual yeah. involved. Well, Troy, like, I mean, Warner Brothers has is kind of been the master lately of canceling or not releasing things and then writing the losses off as tax losses. Mm -hmm. I guess this technically didn't launch if they want to go through that, right? If they wanted to just say, hey, it's not making what we thought, you know. You lost all these people because you didn't deliver the content you promised. 
that's why you you weren't delivering on the schedule you yeah. promised and now looking at it it's like do i want to sp spend more money to do this and maybe warner brothers is looking at it saying it's in open beta technically never launched maybe it's a freaking tax write-off at this point and it wouldn't surprise me at all for them to go that route with it, it it's they they've made the money they're going to make off of it to be honest with you and probably you know didn't recoup uh, what they've got in development in it uh, considering they're shutting it down this far you know this early into like an open beta phase but I, I thought you know i really thought that we were coming out of this this era where everybody was like uh oh it's open beta but it's not making enough money we've got to shut it down and never do it again uh, apparently i was mistaken that's egg on my face <laughs> mm -hmm. for thinking mm -hmm. we were coming out of that nope nope and then there's your boys over at new world we're gonna put a season pass in the game oh wait no we're not what the hell's going on here uh they've delayed it inevitably indefinitely is the word i'm looking for here <laughs> well i think it was inevitable that it was going to be delayed <laughs> <laughs> inevitably probably is is a good word to use as well uh but yeah essentially they've delayed the patch uh for some sort of bug something that's obviously pretty game breaking um still no word as far as what i've seen i've done some looking around no word on what exactly that bug is uh, which system it's affecting. There's no freaking telling uh, with them. Uh, if, if I would have to, if you were asking me to put money down on something, I'd say it's a dupe bug that has to do with the loadout system. But that is just an educated guess is all that is. That's just me shooting in the dark. Uh, based on the history of the game, dupe bugs have been ridiculously persistent throughout the game. Uh, but so, uh, but we have no idea. Yeah, what's they had wrong. to shut down the economy multiple times. So yes. is this another case of they're they're not going to release the patch? They're going to spend an inordinate amount of time trying to fix the thing. They'll finally release an update that breaks something else. Oh yeah, probably. Absolutely. Yeah, probably. I mean, that it, breaks something else just as bad. They have to roll the servers back and make big apologies to everyone. It's another one of those. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So here's what's weird, Troy. Though, like this could, I think this could actually hurt New World. Uh, the lo the longer this goes out, the more it hurts. Right? We still this was six days ago, and we still don't have an update on what the bug is or when the patch is coming. It's just like total radio silence as of this moment on the issue. And New World is a game that when it's when its previous big patch went live, the new weapon and everything. Like all of a sudden went from 13, 15, 16,000 uh, average players back up to 25, 34, 67, 41. Like they were big numbers again. And granted, we were always going to see some type of drop off. Like the excited, the new patch came out, got through what they wanted to do, and then go play something else until the next patch. Mm -hmm. But now we're seeing New World right back down at 13, 14,000 average players again. So it looks like you're at the same player base that you were before your big patch, those are the diehards. Those are the Troys of the world that just love New World. Those are the 15,000 people you can bank on. Here was another big patch moment that maybe gets them an influx of players and keeps some of that big influx of players. And tick, 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 here we go. It's when's the patch coming? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? They, they, they're failing to say anything about it, which doesn't look good. It does not. It does not. So we'll give them a what the hell, too. Let's finish up the what the hell stuff with the whole dark uh, and darker and darker. Yeah, that headline needs to be dark, fixed. dark and darker. Yeah, that, the headline needs to be fixed. Dark and darker. Uh, let's oh, that that's right. The word dark or, or the word dark isn't in that headline. So let's go ahead and fix this. Darker and darker delisted. No, it was just actually dark and darker that was delisted. Okay, headline fixed. So we've talked previously on the show about the whole Nexon versus Iron Mace uh, allegations from Nexon that they're copying stuff. And, you know, Iron Mace brought in a third party to go through all their assets and know they're all Unreal uh, store bought and all the code is custom, like all that stuff. We're totally good. F you, Nexon. Well, Nexon said, no, F you. Here's a DMCA takedown. And now your shit ain't available on Steam anymore while we figure this out. So Dark and Darker, uh, Iron Mace, <laughs> they, they uh, went ahead to, to Reddit 
to try and prove their case, right? Because this is a very much a case where public perception kind of matters. And so, like, whoever gives the first story is in a better position, right, to at least to start things off. They posted, like, a multi-page thing on Reddit, you know, fully explaining, yes, we had old Nexon employees. Yes, the one dude that was in charge of the Nexon project that was going to be in the same genre as Dark and Darker uh, ended up coming. They, when the Nexon said, no, we're going to cancel this project, they came and worked for us. A bunch of employees came with them. They used to be using a private server that Nexon knew they were that was outside of the company. You know, they kept putting stuff on that. Nexon never told them that they couldn't anymore, even they though they did at one point. But they still continued to do it, and Nexon just didn't catch them doing it. By the way, if you commit a crime but you don't get caught, you've still committed a crime. <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> It's not an excuse to say I didn't know because the cops never caught me the first time. That's that 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 excuse doesn't fly. And then in a really cute, cheeky, kind of funny thing, they 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 had they they posed the question in the chat GPT, the AI chat, to uh, ask about give me a description for a generic PvP dungeon crawling game that created an eerie similar game description to their own because they're. Troy, their one big thing is like, you can't copyright a genre, Nexon, stop it. And yeah, on the surface, that's a perfectly valid argument. An RPG is an RPG. You know, uh, Mass Effect uh, Bioware can't sue uh, somebody else for making an RPG in space. Like that, mm -hmm. yes, on the surface, sure. And Chat GP GPT came back with this very cute response of a detailed game that sounded very much like what... Dark and Darker and previously Nexon were trying to create. And so it was very funny and cute. I don't know how you feel about this. I think Iron Mace is actually in trouble. And I don't think a lot of the internet is giving credit to exactly the argument that's being made here. Yeah, because we're not talking assets being stolen, obviously. We're talking about employees who are working on a project within Nexon who all left that project and went out and created a one-to-one -one recreation of that project uh, using code and, and, and knowledge that they had acquired within the company of Nexon is Nexon's side of the argument. And Nexon's side of the argument, when you listen to the entire thing, makes a whole lot of freaking sense. Yeah, and that's that's this. I think this case, Q, is going to have larger implications across gaming in general. Um, I work in software development. It's not gaming, but it is software development. So I will tell you that for my employer, anything I create or spin up is owned by them. It's, it's the nature of my business arrangement, my salary arrangement, and everything with my employer. If I create an entirely new software suite to do X, my company owns it. Now, whether or not they decide to use it is totally up to them. They may not. But even if they don't decide to use it, it's still theirs. It's still theirs, yes. <laughs> like, that's just the nature of this business for most contracts, unless you negotiate otherwise. Hey, I'm going to pitch you a project queue, and I'm going to give you all this stuff, and I'm going to start creating it. Give me a little team, and I'll have a vertical slice for you in six months. And if you don't like it, you don't have to do it. We'll disband the team, but I retain original creative rights. And if the company wants to agree to that, fine, they can. But in most cases, they're not going to. This seems on the surface level of like this whole big company, big mean company against small indie company, and you want to root for the indie company. I, I get it. And not a lot of people like Nexon either. And a limited knowledge of Korean law, because that's where this is all going to be settled. Uh, and our basis is going to be United States law when it comes to IP or copyright stuff. It's very easy to say, Q, you used my assets. Let's go prove it and be guilty or innocent on that one. And that's kind of the perception that's out there, but that's not, to Troy, to what Troy just explained, that's not exactly what's going on. Nexon is kind of saying, yeah, okay, fine. That elf you created, you did not steal that elf from us. And no, we can't copyright a genre of game, but you can't work for us for months and months and months with a team building up a project that we decide to cancel and then you just leave and do that exact same project somewhere else and hide under the fact of, well, I didn't steal your elves. I made my own elves. It doesn't work <laughs> that way. Or so, purchased my own elves. 
Yeah, so in, it, in, it, in the case of Dark and Darker, yeah. It, it's it's one of those things too, right? Where this this has actually been a thing in, and not just in in the tech industry, but I mean, you know, going back to um, when personal computers were, you know, first invented. It was actually Xerox that invented the mouse, or it was a, some employees working at Xerox that invented the mouse. And Xerox said, who the fuck is going to want anything like that? And then they let Apple come in and look at their shit. And Apple said, we'll take it. And so the employees, you know, were pissed off because Apple came in and stole the stuff that they created. Right. But it belonged to Xerox, not the employees. So whatever. And even in the, the, uh, the food industry, I worked at a place where I had to sign an, uh, a contract that basically said I couldn't work at any other place within so many miles of this place that served crepes, <laughs> which is a weird contract to sign. <laughs> but I did. I had to sign this contract to work at a crepe place. Um, that is and absolutely I a bizarre contract. <laughs> no crepes for Q. <laughs> no crepe. No making. No making crepes anywhere else. Only make crepes here. But the point being, right, that there's a pretty good bet that if you go digging through Nexon's former employees' contracts, there's shit like that in there. That's like you can't do this kind of thing for so many years or whatever after leaving us, because there is that risk of them just taking stuff that they had done at Nexon somewhere else with them and making a new project. Yeah. I mean, it right? does so, get a little gray area on like who owns an idea, but to me, this one, and this is just me. I'm not a lawyer. Obviously I'm certainly not a Korean lawyer. Uh, this is a little more than just who owns an idea. You, you guys had P3 prototypes and P7 prototypes built at Nexon. And to the point that Nexon has the screenshots, they have the proof still uh, of their canceled project. It's not really an idea at that point. You weren't sitting in your office at Nexon, had an idea, didn't share it with anybody, didn't make a, a vertical slice at Nexon, ended up at a new company and said, oh, hey, you know what, guys, what do you think of this idea? I came up with it a while ago, but I never did anything with it. I, that's a little more abstract. This is a little more, you actually built something for Nexon, and then you left, took a bunch of the team with you because Nexon quit and uh, didn't want to do the project, and you basically just recreated the same thing. That's going to be the argument, no matter how cheeky Dark and Darker wants to get on a Reddit post and how much I may want to root for the little guy, and certainly I'm no Nexon fan, but I kind of feel like if I have to make the call right now, I think Nexon has the firmer ground to stand on here. Yeah, and and Nexon's not even trying to like uh, they're saving their receipts for the uh, for the court battle. <laughs> like we haven't even really seen you know what all of, do they have on their side? Yeah, uh, we, we have some general they, ideas. Uh, but, but officials yeah, they're, raided they're Iron really... Mace's offices. Remember? Yeah, you you that wasn't just somebody <laughs> showed up and knocked and was like, "Hey, Nexon came and asked me to check something." You proved to a judge or an official of some type that there was enough grounds to think we need to search that place. And so they went and searched it. I, I, I don't just know. can't imagine Nexon having an employee working for them that doesn't have some sort of uh oh god, what is it? It's a the conflict uh, conflict of interest. Yeah, a conflict of interest contract, like ba basically like the creep thing I was talking. Like I can't imagine. Them oh, a no compete. Something... Yeah, no non compete. Thank you. Um, I couldn't imagine them not having something like that in their contracts anyway. So barring everything else, dude and his fellow employees that left with him could just be in trouble for that. It's it's weird, and I actually enjoyed some previous playtests of Dark and Darker, and wanted to see where that goes. I do, I did like the concept here, and and maybe it'll work out. But it, I just have a feeling, Troy, that it's going to work out in a way that is Nexon getting a big chunk of money, Nexon being a publisher uh, of the game and getting a big slice of the contract. You know, some sort of settlement like that, or just being so drawn out in court that a small company like Iron Mace 
just can't financially fight the battle in court and we never see this game again. Nexon can certainly outweigh them resource-wise when it comes to any litigation. Yeah, absolutely. So it's such a large company. We'll see. We'll see. It was cute with the chat GPT, though. That was funny. Uh, <laughs> didn't didn't really help the argument. It was kind of a little bit of a red herring, but all right. Let's uh, let's talk about some new games, some new things coming. Let me just write down my timestamp here. Whoops. Okay. And, like, I got three for you, and two of them I know Troy is pretty much going to be all over, man. So we got a new... Uh, here. Let me just put a slew of buzzwords together for you, uh, and, <laughs> and you tell me, Q, if this works for Troy. Open world, PvP, sandbox, MMO. Yes. Pre yeah, pretty sure we just... <laughs> yeah. like, pretty sure Troy's yes. turned on right now. <laughs> like, he's just... Yeah, baby. I'm excited, baby. Let's go. Anvil Empires is going into pre-alpha next month. This is coming from developer Siege Camp. It's kind of a medieval setting, open world PvP sandbox, MMO, which I told you already. Uh, persistent online world, up to a thousand players taking part in massive siege battles to conquer the realm. You can build settlements, establish supply camps, feed your armies, small settlements and players can band together and create larger towns. You'll be part of alliances vying for control in multi-faction conflict, so kind of like a, uh, a Planetside 2 type thing, three different factions doing their thing. It's on the R2 engine and a custom server engine uh, which supports a thousand players in a dense environment and tens of thousands of simulated and replicated entities across the world. You can check out their Steam page if you want to get ready for pre-alpha. Troy, this has got to be for you, though, man. It is. It's, it's a little brown in color. Yeah, it's definitely a little, is. <laughs> it's a little boring looking, but the gameplay elements, the sort of the systems that are in place sound interesting. It's just a matter of, you know, is it big, open, boring sandbox where only PvP is the only thing to do? Um, you know, is there actually going to be, you know, a good crafting system and going out and improving your character through those through those ways? Um but but yeah, it looks like it could be a better, and it looks like Fractured Online, which is not a good start, uh, with all the brown and the and sort of the boring look. But overall, uh, it sounds interesting. It definitely aesthetically is kind of boring. I I have got to agree yeah. with you. Like it, it's very Call of Duty. The entire environment is brown, and even the green trees are brown. Like I feel like brown is its own game genre now. Just <laughs> brown. <laughs> Should be a tag on Steam, yeah. Brown. Open world, <laughs> PvP, sandbox, Brown, box MMO. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I will say this though, like I, this, I know this is not going to be a game for me, but I know this is like absolutely great for Troy. The one image in this trailer that we're showing that I was like, okay, that's really cool though, is the like very brave heart moment of all these troops coming out uh, in a line formation from the the forest it's coming up here and just mm -hmm. right there with all those torches and then all of a sudden just like setting all these the settlements ablaze i was like okay that'd be pretty cool to be a part of in real time like in almost a planet side two three faction pvp are you playing one player or multiple players I, we don't know yet i would assume it's kind of a unit control type thing is what it kind of looks like but damn would that uh, be I believe it said that all those were supposed to be players. Oh my God. They're all. So when they're talking about a thousand people, they're like every single one of these dudes is a player. Yeah. This yeah, is going to live and go. die by the player base count. Then. I mean, it just has no chance. Well, and, and the actual coordination of said players <laughs> <laughs> to see Troy walking <laughs> off to the side. What is Troy doing? I ain't going in there. I ain't you know, the experience. Don't worry, don't worry about it. I'm having my moment. You know the experience penalty for dying in here? No way. <laughs> no. <laughs> Y'all have fun. Oh, yeah. So you see all the names pop up when, like, the general rode by on the horse. That's kind of neat. I mean, it's a game that lives and dies by player counts, and we see how those go. But this could be pretty neat. And something that, yeah, I thought Ninja Pandas from the trailer, it was, like, very real-time strategy. <laughs> Justin, unless you RP, there's nobody lining up like that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. This is just Troy 15 it's feet ahead of everybody. It's going to be a mess. Just a massive mess of people just going every which direction. It's one of those games, Q, it's kind of like Eve. Like, I don't think I want to play it, 
but I'd watch a cool battle. Like I'd sit there and watch a cool battle, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think I want to play it. Looks like a Jason game. I I don't maybe maybe I mean, but if he's more into like the RTS, the Crusader Kings, and and stuff like yeah, that. that that actual PvP right. kind of stuff. And Jira saying it reminds me of a less fancy Kingdom Under Fire too. I could see that. I could see that. It's definitely I think one to watch. And and I know Troy is gonna hop in the first hit. Did you already wish list it so you can try to get an alpha? Yes, I have. <laughs> uh, also, Blue Protocol's uh, network test is kicked off, uh, but we also got the stream this week that showed off new areas, uh, new uh, movement styles as far as like wall climbing and things like that. Gave different details about what was going to be in the network test, the first story chapter, you know, a dungeon thing or a, a raid thing. Uh, and this was uh, Matthews, Dino Fries's weekly column this week. Is it an MMO? He was looking at Blue Protocol because it's very easy to look at this and say, yeah, that's an MMO. But when you see some of the architecture behind it, maybe it doesn't count for you. I think at the end of the day, I like the debate of is this an MMO or not, but I'm going to go on the firm it doesn't fucking matter side. <laughs> like, play your damn game and just enjoy it. But some of the, like, slicing of the world they're doing where, like, there's only going to be 200 people in this type of area, and then this is going to be a private area, and then this will be a shard with even less. Maybe it doesn't count for you. Uh, whatever. Read Dino Fries Matthew's opinion over on MMOBomb.com. It's still one cue that every time I see it, I'm more and more interested in it. I'm not in the network test. Uh, I'm not overseas and did not get any press credentials or anything to to take part in it. But I do have concerns about Blue Protocol that kind of harken back to something Yoshi P said about it. I don't know if this is tested enough. Like, this weekend is just a network test. This is not really putting the game through its beta paces. And this isn't all that far away from launch. Yeah, Rose uh, Aspen, uh, Rose Hapa is is in the network test. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. It, it's one of the issues of gaming now, though, right? There's a lot of stuff that just isn't tested enough, which is why we end up with things like you know games being in forever beta or whatever else. It kind of lets you get away with that, like. Right. You take the game live, but not really live, and you know it, it kind of works for you. But I think it works better with games where they're like, okay, well, it's kind of live, but not really live. But you guys are helping us actually just build out the game, right? Whereas these yeah. story-based games, these games where it, you know, where 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 so much of the focus is around like a narrative thing and an ongoing experience and all of that, it, I do think it does need to be more tested, uh, a little more polished, and things just work so you can enjoy those parts of the games. Yeah, and and there's not really a lot of player feedback other than hey, this thing is broke for that kind of stuff. It's not like you know MOBAs or battle royales or something where it's like okay but here's our player experience as a whole group and if you adjusted all of these things it would make all of the stuff work better it's not the same kind of game yeah and justin bringing up that they had a previous test a while back that did result in major changes i mean that was a while back but yeah and so his point being that this iteration since it's wildly different does need additional gameplay testing all over again and it's all well and good to run a network test and make sure you can handle the player count and stuff like that albeit a small limited player count uh not going to be anything compared to launch day this test itself if you remember troy was already delayed due to an error that they discovered internally ahead of the test this test was supposed to be a month ago uh, and and now here we are just now getting to it. And this game is due out in just a few months in the East and before the end of the year globally. Uh, we don't know the exact dates on any of that stuff yet, just estimates from what they've said. I, I'm looking forward to it, but I am somewhat skeptical about how exactly how interesting and fun that first week or two of launch is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's something I'm gonna try. Uh, I'm gonna get my hand. I'll get my hands on it and give it a shot. Um, I don't know long term that this is gonna hold my attention, but it, it it's interesting enough. It looks fun enough, 
that it's something that I'm definitely going to check out. Yeah, I know you're not super interested in it, so I'll let you talk about this last one. What what the hell? I mean, you are super geeked for Mad World. It's just something about the the aesthetic of it and sort of the world and what I've played of what I've played of Mad World has been uh, hella fun. Um, you know, it's a 2D browser based game. Um, set in like a like a like a ultra dark freaking medieval universe and it's 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 a good time but they're coming up on official launch finally uh they made an announcement of an announcement (laughs) (laughs) and said that hey next week we're gonna announce the launch date and now they've done so it's gonna be april 27th uh with early access for those who have founder packs before that uh i believe the earliest for the highest tier starts like april 22nd and then the next tier comes in like the 25th and everybody can play on the 27th. Uh, but it's a, it's a, it's a game that just caught my attention. I, and I can't explain it. It came out of nowhere. It was initially the aesthetic of it that caught my attention, kind of like the Q's point earlier. And then the gameplay itself was actually pretty fun. So I'm pretty hung up on this game. All right, let's uh, leave you with just a quick update on one or two things. And then we'll head over to the weekly bombs. Uh, On the Blizzard Activision or Activision Blizzard King front, as far as the Microsoft acquisition, looking more and more like that's going to be a done deal. Japan has approved it on their side, and they're the ones, you know, they have to deal with Sony right in their backyard. Uh, And they say, yeah, it's probably not going to impact Sony or or other companies competitively the way Sony's trying to claim it is. So Japan approves Mm -hmm. it. And then in the UK, their whole investigation has been wildly shrunk down. Uh, and they're they're pretty much, I would believe, on the verge of saying, yeah, this is a done deal. Because, in fact, they said it's not going to hurt competition. They, they don't think that there's uh, any reason to focus on Sony's concerns about making uh, Microsoft making Call of Duty exclusive. They've had various industry participants give them feedback. And they're kind of like, yeah. Uh, their exact quote, having considered the additional evidence provided... Now, pre, uh, provisionally concluded that the merger will not result in a substantial lessening of competition in console gaming services because the cost to Microsoft of withholding Call of Duty from the PlayStation would outweigh any gains from taking such an action. So, gee, I don't know who's been saying that since this was originally <laughs> a thing. I don't know. Could be any of us. But on the Activision front as well... Apparently, Q, there was a little more to the Blizzard NetEase falling out than originally revealed by either company, huh? I, yeah, so, um, the falling out of, like, none of this stuff ever happens, like, all at once, right? So it was, it was a thing that had been going on for a while, and it started, like, 20, 2018, 2019, when, like, um, NetEase decided to give some money to, uh, to Bungie, and Activision, specifically Bobby Kotick, was like, oh no, now they're going to do their jobs even slower because they're going to be distracted by this money, (laughs) like this financing you've you've given them. And then they financed a company from a former Activision employee, and that also upset Kotick, and it resulted in one of their negotiations in 2019 where Kotick was like, all right, you can't give any money to to companies that are under Activision. You can't give any money to companies that are created by people who left Activision. These are the new deals. So part of it was that like next uh, NetEase was very frustrated with that portion of things, but they did it. They signed the contract, whatever moved on. And then as uh, things have been progressing with with the stuff in China, the regulations and everything in China, NetEase came to Activision and said, hey, look, uh, we need you to change how our licensing and stuff works. So basically, you know, instead of doing it the way we did it, we want you to just license the game directly to us. We will, it'll make things easier for under the government stuff. Activision said, oh, I don't know about that. There's a bunch of legal stuff going on, yada, yada, yada. 
they did all of these talks over Zoom calls. And of course, there were people in the rooms with the, you know, with Kotick and the CEO of NetEase and the people with Kotick and everything's being translated. The people with Kotick said, oh, he's threatening Kotick because he's because they brought up the Microsoft merger and the, you know, the ability to potentially sway the Chinese government to allow it to happen. And so Activision interpreted it as so they, if you don't they, do this, they took it, they took it as the old. You got a nice game company there. Be a shame if something happened to it. <laughs> More or less, if you if you don't do the things the way we want you to do them, then this whole transaction you're trying to get done ain't gonna get done. At least not here, right? So there there was that portion, and Netties is like, no, actually, what we were telling them is if the transaction does happen, it's gonna make life fucking miserable for Microsoft <laughs> when they pick things up. So the they had their falling out and, um, you know, just kind of everything else that transpired post asleep. But yeah, it's, it's all kinds of just like ongoing craziness between those two companies because neither one of them were really getting the deals that they wanted. And then you had the Chinese government in the background changing things and then he's <laughs> going, uh, so what a mess. Check it out. There's a full write up over on the site. Let's go and do the weekly bombs. There's also a uh, cart rider drift decal giveaway over on mmobomb.com if you're a cart rider drift player. Free decals. Got about 48% of the keys left that we were given. So head on over, grab your free decal. There's also a bunch of other giveaways. That's just the latest one we've put up this week. So go check it out. Uh, I'm going to give a double bomb to free quest packs. Way to go, Dungeons & Dragons Online. That is like one of the big gripes I always hear about DDO, right? It's like, it's not really pay to win, but all these quest packs are paywall gated. You know, you're going to have to buy them at some point. So now there's a bunch that are free for a limited time. And some of the other ones that aren't free were like drastically discounted coin wise, if you want to pick them up. So if you're a DDO fan uh, and you've never really picked up the quest packs, you probably want to log in and at least claim them so that you're you're done there and that you've got them so that you won't have to buy them in the future. Thumbs up, double arm to DDO. Go ahead, Q. I'm going to give a bomb to uh, developer streams. At least they give me something more entertaining to do than writing press releases. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Troy. A bomb to E3 for thinking they're still relevant. Oof, oof. Uh, to Cal from chat saying, dub bomb to watching people see the Teslin scene in Shadowbringers for the first time. Age is like a fine Chianti. I don't actually, I don't know actually, as I don't drink, but still. Well, I mean, Hannibal Lecter would agree. Hannibal Lecter, I'm True. sure, would agree. Uh, Slyer Fox from YouTube <laughs> said, We were talking about Deceive Inc. last week, and the thumbnail uses a Deceive Inc. image. And uh, Slyer Fox on YouTube says, does Jimmy Carr know he's in a game and looks more realistic in the thumbnail pic than real life? And I immediately was able to see it because I've watched Jimmy Carr before. But I, I managed to find a pic with virtually the same color suit and almost the same face being made. And so I thought I would put them together for you, Slyer Fox. To show that, damn, you are spot on, my friend. Like, you are spot <laughs> on. <laughs> like, it doesn't get any closer than that. That, that is, like, the best type of distinct, right? Legally distinct. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, is, that is it. You got the same eyebrow raise, almost the same hairline. Slyer Fox, when you're right, you're right. And you're right, my friend. You're right. Uh, Ninja Panda's in chat saying A-bomb to the weather. I wish it would just make up its mind. Go ahead, Q. Take the next one. The Pie Maker. Shout out to Matthew's first always online appearance. My first serious game was Pokemon Silver, the one that released alongside Gold and RuneScape and Adventure Quest for my intro games online. I didn't get into MapleStory. I don't play CCGs and I love FPS games, but let's not talk about that. Uh, might as well do weekly bombs while I'm in the comments section and give a bomb to him and an A-bomb to not having a regular cast member who's super into multiplayer FPS games. 
to provide a new perspective. Yeah. So the ironically, the person you put in question weeds, but it's too long, so it's in two parts. Okay. Uh, the the person on our staff that is really into them is generally who does the first looks for like the Troy or I will do the funnier ones, you, you leap and split gate and stuff like that. That's you know, mm-hmm. it, but. When we're like doing the first looks for things that are generally on the more competitive side of things, it's actually Ethos from Free to Play Weekly that that does most of those. And he's always has an open invite to be on this show, but it never works schedule wise. So if you have a question FPS wise for Ethos, go ahead and put it in the comments and I'll get it to him for you. I'll get it to him. Go ahead, Troy. Uh, Box forgot to drop my bombs for two weeks now. So dropping two for this week. A bomb to me for being so forgetful about giving you guys some love. Da bomb to a new face to the channel. Loving Matt's energy, and he's got some similar game interest that I do, so welcome to him again. Yeah, Matthew did great his first time out, first rodeo last week on the cast. He'll actually be on the cast next week, uh, and that'll put him on his normal cast schedule. He'll typically be the first Friday of every single month. The following week, uh, looking at uh, Sean coming back and doing another episode. Not confirmed yet with his work schedule, but uh, we'll we'll keep you posted. So lots of faces rotating on the way through here. Question of the week last week. Can AI help create new amazing things in MMO gaming? Is it just a fad? Is it lazy? What do you think of AI in gaming in general? Takali in our chat live says, I think AI in games is going to be great for development of open worlds and distinct NPCs. At first, it's going to create some horror-ass horrors, see Will Smith eating spaghetti, but after a little while, way shorter than you think, it's going to be able to put out pretty good quality landscapes, character models, and monsters. Combined with in-house artists cleaning things up with a few tweaks, it will make the art aspect of making games so much faster. Will that lead to real people being laid off? Yeah. Are them the breaks? Also, yeah. Uh, RayZio101 saying, AI is a tool like any other that is rife for abuse and over-reliance, but in the right hands, it will undoubtedly produce and enhance the scale of projects. My only hope is that it doesn't start cannibalizing the lower-end jobs to the point that new talent isn't developed, thus leaving us with husks of corporate interests overlaid on top of every decision which inevitably collapses as the top rung fizzles out due to age and life happening. It seems to be a common trend that with more and more of these technological marvels that are supposed to increase efficiency and productivity, more administrative oversight is injected and lower end jobs, which would nurture upcoming talent, are consumed or consolidated to the point that they're unrecognizable and you end up with stagnant industries as there's just no people to drive innovation. Corporate structures already weed out innovative types because they don't have lasting long enough through the corporate politics to make it to the point where they can enact changes or usually get broken into the mold they're focused into. I fear AI will be much the same. I know the interjection that it's AI, the whole point is to be endlessly creative. That simply won't hold true for as long as it's not really AI, it's more accurately neural nets, and we really don't have a proper understanding of its limitation in scope of which there has to be. All systems are imperfect systems. Thankfully and mercifully, the alternative would be ghastly. Yeah, they're absolutely imperfect. If you haven't messed with any of the AI, particularly the chats, man, they those bastards lie to you. Like, they <laughs> flat out lie to you. I was messing around with it the other day, just asking it, like, what uh, Final Fantasy trading card games uh, decks I should run in an upcoming tournament. And it told me that a light deck was in the meta right now a 50 card light deck for those of you that play final fantasy you know you cannot discard light cards to generate crystal points or resources so the ai was explaining to me the merits of playing a 50 card light deck that i can't possibly play anything in i could just sit there and draw five cards and stare at them. It would be impossible <laughs> for me to actually play anything. Uh, go ahead, Q. Uh, Breckner Ketelin, imagine going into Stormwind and the NPCs are walking around talking to one another. That's what I hope AI is used for in gaming to make the worlds feel more real. That would be pretty awesome. Like they, I mean, they do yeah. walk around and have like dedicated chat bubbles. Like Q, every time she passes the auction house, says hi to the cat that's sitting there, but we've seen her do it a million times. 
if they were constantly changing, I think that'd be pretty cool. Go ahead, uh, Troy. Uh, Box says, when it comes to AI, I think they can be cool for things like concept art and the like, but in terms of marketing or creating things specifically for games like code or animations, I doubt it'll go anywhere for a while at least. I think you're wrong, Box. I think you're wrong. We've already seen some pretty powerful demos of text and speech animation on a 3D model generated by AI in really convincing ways. Now, in-game, yeah, maybe it's going to take a little while for it to appear in-game. But who was, who was it, Troy, this week that, that revealed, or last week, that revealed a project through use of an AI and uh, dialogue and animation-generated digital human? Who was Was that Nexon or was that NCSoft? I, I don't remember. Forget now. I think it was NCSoft, wasn't it? Yep. Uh, Justin says, question of the week, AI characters that actually know their world and you can talk to feel like you are living more in that game world. 100% agree. Uh, on the MMORPG front, your question of the week this week. We've talked about heroes. We've talked about villains. We've talked about your favorite classes. I want to know what's the coolest mechanic you've ever seen in an MMORPG or an MMO. Could be in a PvE boss fight. Uh, could be in a, a, a special ability you get in some type of PvP mode. Could be something in that latest shooter you've been playing that this was really cool. You've never seen it in another game. What is the coolest mechanic you've seen in a long time? Let us know in the comments below. While you're there, don't forget your weekly bombs. Dub on for something good, a bomb for something bad in the world of gaming or just life in general. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Always Online Multiplayer Gaming Podcast at 1 p.m. here on Twitch. Until then, Troy, where can everybody find you? If I'm on the socials, it's at Noob Fridge. Cute. Uh, on Twitter at Quitland. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at Magic Man One, but more importantly, follow at MMO Bomb so you'll know every time we're going live, posting a giveaway, putting up articles, or live letter recaps. Go check it out and give Q some love. Until next time, stay safe. We'll see you on the servers.